Welcome to Great Women in Fraud with Kelly Paxton, Certified Fraud Examiner, Private Investigator, and Pink Collar Crime Expert. This is the podcast where thought leaders in fraud share their stories, wisdom, resources, and tips. For 25 years, I have worked in fraud and investigations in both the government and private sector. I love what I do, and I want to share with others who are also either working in fraud or interested in fraud as a career. This is where you will learn how to investigate but not commit fraud. there. Today, we have a really special guest. All our guests are special, and we're getting some great reviews and traction on the podcast. But today's guest is Yelisina Hernandez. And I will tell you that Sina, as friends call her, and I consider myself to be a friend, is just one of the brightest lights I have met for the up-and-comers of Great Women in Fraud. I can't tell you how excited I am for you to listen to this. You're going to hear about how hard she worked, how difficult it was at times, and you are going to hear a heartfelt story that literally, it gave me pause. She is a young woman who will knock it out of the park because she knows she wants to knock it out of the park. Listen to what she's done, take some advice from her, and I think you are really, really going to enjoy this episode. We are so lucky today to have Yelisina Hernandez, and um, I've totally butchered your name, but I love your name of Sina. I think it is just such a beautiful name. So Sina, why don't we get started and tell us your name and how you got interested into fraud? My name is Yelisina Hernandez. I have my friends call me Sina, it's for short. Um, I got interested in fraud because... I am actually part of a student organization at the University of Houston called the Hispanic Business Student Association, which I am currently a student leader in. And we went to regional symposium with Alpha. And in one of the symposiums, we had gone to San Antonio. And a government agency was there present to have a workshop about the job opportunities they had. And so I was here thinking as a sophomore, oh, my goodness, it's the federal government. (laughs) Let me go and see what they have to say. And so I did. And they started talking about business students and federal government and how accounting was so important in that aspect. Because a lot of the times you can't really find the person, but you can always find the money. And that just gave me my aha moment. Uh, once they started talking about fraud examination and forensic accounting, it's like a light bulb lit up. And I thought, this is what I want to do with my life. And so I looked for resources in my university and I noticed that there were none. And there's some student organizations. There's no nowhere where I can actually find information. The only class that is available is for master students. What can I do as a sophomore? And so I teamed up with a group of girlfriends that I had at that time. And we co-founded the the student chapter, the ACFE UH student chapter. And we just went from there. We collaborated with the professional Houston chapter. And we started just learning about all of this. We went to the conference. We heard people talk from experience. And that's when I knew. That's, I just knew this is what I want to do. And it just went from there. Oh my God. You said something that just was like, I love this. You can always find the money. 
like not being able to find the person, but you can always find the money. Oh my God, that is so, that is just like amazing. And then your light bulb moment. The other thing is like you started this as a sophomore. So I'm considerably older than you. I didn't know anything in like college about bad guys or bad women or anything like that. But the fact that you started this as a sophomore and then you get together some girlfriends and you start a chapter, a student chapter of the ACFE, ACFE, I just like, that is drive, man. That is such drive and such curiosity. Yeah, I've always been somebody that really likes to know more, more than probably most people would like to know. So I I really thrive on just compiling information and then categorizing it. And I feel like with that, that's what I felt so strongly about because it's about analyzing information. And so I thought, what would be a best way to for me to learn more and to get people to really get to know this? And so that's that's where I just came in from, just the need to know more. Well, and then you've created this community, which again, like that's amazing in college to do that. Like I have a community, but I have literally spent decades doing it. And the fact that you know that community is so incredibly important in this world is really quite, I mean, you're just, you're inspiring. I've, I remember you reaching out to me because you had an assignment to do and you had to interview me. But you didn't just interview me. You like sent me all the questions. You are so incredibly organized. Like I was like, sure, I'll answer some questions. But no, you had the list of all the questions. I mean, it was pretty amazing to see that in someone so incredibly young. So I that is so cool. Um, so we have flattered me. No, it's so true. Incredibly true. Do you have a hidden talent? I mean, you're too, you're so young, but do you have a hidden talent that no one knows? Or you don't have to tell us like if it's super secret, but like one that you're kind of proud of? I don't think it's a talent. I think it's just a matter of personality. My rabbits are making a ton of noise. That is so funny. The other night when we were on the panel, for the school, you're like, you have to excuse my rabbits. <laughs> I think that is clever. And it's like, hey, you have therapy. They are, they're just so loud sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so your hidden talent um, is in rabbits? Well, I feel like it's easy for me to interact and connect with others. It just, a lot of the times, I find it kind of weird. But a lot of the times, sometimes I meet someone, they just tell me everything and I, I don't understand why someone would be so inclined to tell me anything or everything about themselves but they just do I feel like people connect with me very well and I connect with others very well and, and it's not hard for me to do and I really enjoy that so I spoke in Houston I've spoken in Houston twice and the first time I think we just connected after the event but the second time you were literally in the front row I I'm a front row person and you were in the front row and I recognized you instantly and like you are just a huge part of that chapter and again you're front row Cena which I I'm always in the front row so I I love that yeah I became the president of the ACFE UH student chapter this semester and it's just a matter of really opening the doors to other students because I didn't know that I could do more with my accounting degree. I don't have to do the usual thing that people think when you're an accountant because you tell someone 
that has gone to business school. You tell them, oh, I'm an accountant. They probably think big four or oil and gas. But no one really thinks about fraud. No one thinks about investigation. No one thinks about prevention. And so I feel like being able to have this position and, and having the ability to just attend conferences and hearing people like you who are so inspirational and so knowledgeable in their field speak about their experiences and bringing that to the table to other students for them to know that, hey, you don't have to follow the road that everyone tells you to. It's something very powerful to create an impact in, in the future for other investigators or other possible CFEs. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I mean, I came from finance, but most, I'm not going to say all crimes, but most crimes have people do it for money with the exception of like, you know, violence, um, you know, domestic violence or, you know, passion crimes. Most crimes are done because people want money. And so when you said you can always find the money, it's just like, yeah, that's, they, they do it because People think money is a solution to almost everything, and it really isn't. But yeah, and most people sure. tend to be careless about how to <laughs> commit their crimes. I, I feel like the statement uh, "dumb criminals" comes to mind a lot of the times because you want to commit a crime, yet you leave so many trails for us to find, for people like you to find, and it just makes it so easy to really identify the issue and the problem. Yeah. Yeah, so true. So do you have either like a favorite word or a personal motto? I know you have to have a motto because you are just, you're on a path. Well, I like to say that nothing that is easy is ever worth it. I feel like in, in my life, I've had that presented self so many times. Um, I was a very traditional student. I started very late in my college career, uh, unlike a lot of students that go to college at a young age. I wasn't able to go to college due to many factors when back when I was 23, that's when I started. And so there are so many things that I feel that looking back, I could have decided, you know what, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to give up. This isn't for me. I'm just going to take a regular job and just live my life without an issue. But That motto just comes to mind. Nothing that is easy is ever worth it because regardless of the long nights and the all-nighters that I had to pull to do well in my accounting courses and the tears of stress that I sometimes cry (laughs) to my accounting courses and just the the hardships, uh, just like last year, I, I was going through some very rough stuff, divorce. But then again, I keep thinking nothing that is easy is ever worth it. So we have to remember that sometimes the easiest path is not the one that makes you feel the most fulfilled. And I feel like in my case, that's very true. I've gone through so many things to get where I am. Now I have a bachelor's in accounting. I completed the CFE after studying so many hours and completed it in one month while taking my last two most difficult accounting courses for my degree and I did it and it was just that ringing in my head every time nothing that is easy is ever worth it and it was worth it and here I am and I hope that other people are inspired to understand that 
sometimes it's going to be terrible. Sometimes you're going to cry. Sometimes it's going to hurt. And sometimes you're just going to want to give up. And it's going to happen. It will. But you have to remember that sometimes the easiest route is not the best. So on the panel the other night, when you were leading it, you were organized. But the other thing that I saw was the students were so incredibly engaged and interested in fraud. They're just so incredibly engaged and interested in fraud. And I think it's because they've seen what you've been able to do. You've introduced them to the ACFE. They wouldn't have known about the ACFE if it weren't for you. So I see a lot coming out of Houston of future fraud fighters. And I really think it is because of you. I I wouldn't want to take all the credit for that. I feel like a lot of people that have supported me throughout the way, like my fellow officers, uh, Jessica Wen, she was the president for the chapter in 2018. She was the the founder and we helped her co-found the chapter. And just the people after the student leaders that came after that and Professor Dan Ramey, he has been a tremendous support. Just an amazing professional. Um, the Houston professional chapter of Ms. Christine Ziegler and David Kirkland and Catherine Duell, just they have been there so much. They've supported me. They've at some point led me by the hand to do something that I didn't know <laughs> how to handle. And Yet another thing that I live by is no one ever makes it, makes it on their own. We like to think that we make it on our own. And I feel like I've been doing things on my own too. But at the same time, it's just people that get sprinkled in your life throughout the way that kind of have to give you that push to get what you want. And I feel like all the people that I have met in the ACFE chapter, whether it's the student chapter or the professional local chapter or the national chapter have been the people that have really inspired that thought. And so I don't want to take credit for all of that. I think that it's a group effort and as such, it should be, it should be regarded with that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's all me. Well, I, I know Christy, I know Dan, I know David, and yeah, they are just, I mean, giving, supportive. Um, and, and that's why I kind of really started was great women in fraud was because I wanted people to find out that this is a really giving community. And having a law enforcement background in the past, we have a tendency to keep our sources to ourselves, And I did that for a long time. I don't do that anymore. I have gotten so much more out of giving than keeping our sources. But when you come from law enforcement, that's how you make your cases as sources. But where I'm at in my career, it is so much better to give than to take. And the payback is huge. So I'm so excited that you mentioned Dan and Christy and David. And um, because I was going to ask you for mentors, but you kind of already threw your mentors out. Unless you have other mentors you want to call out. Any other mentors? Uh, Catherine DeLoe. She... She's actually the reason why I applied to the Richie Jennings Scholarship. Uh, the Memorial Scholarship it was something that I didn't even know about. And she pushed me towards it. She's been my friend and my mentor for a long time now. And I honestly think that if it wasn't because of her, her pushing me, 
I wouldn't have been so into getting my CFE and learning more about the career. Um, another person that I think that really helped me throughout my college career was um, Jamie Bellin. She's a professor at the University of Houston at Bauer, at the College of Business. And she is the most inspiring human being I have ever met in my entire life. That woman is made out of diamonds and gold. And, and I think that sometimes us as women, we have to, especially when we're going through our college education, being first-generation students, we have to find inspirational women that make us believe that I can do it too. And so I do push a lot of people to find their mentors, but especially find a mentor that really calls to you. So for me, it's just finding strong women that I can look up to, such as yourself, you know, people that I feel that others have to know. And so these are the people that I strongly believe that paved the way for me. And thanks to them, I am where I am now right now. And I'm pretty happy that I got to know them. It's been a, it's been pretty great with them around. Oh, yeah. We've had conversations, you know, over the past several years. I literally cannot wait to see where you go. Because I think it's so exciting. I'm jealous. I'm just too old to go down your route, even though I've done some amazing things. But like, they, they weren't as well planned as you. And I just see such amazing things happening for you. And I will be honest, I don't get that from everyone at all. I really, truly do not get that. But the other thing is like, I can see it in some people, but they are doing it for experience. You're doing it because of your passion. And and that's the difference. Like they're doing it to like put it on their resume. You're doing it, I believe, because you really want to do it and you want to explore and expand. So that's what, that's the difference. And I've seen that. And so I can understand how you've had these professors who have helped you because they've seen it in you. They have truly seen it in you. So um, you're an inspiration. Um, I hope that's the case. And I hope I don't disappoint anybody. (laughs) What you've done already, you could just retire tomorrow and you'd be good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. But thank yeah. you. Yeah. And don't buy lottery tickets. We know we don't like lottery tickets. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what advice would you give someone that is like, just all of a sudden has heard about forensic accounting or fraud examination or, you know, the CFE designation? What is like one piece of advice you would give to a young man or young woman to get started? Well, for any person that is out there that probably, like me, went to a workshop and heard the words forensic accountant or fraud examiner or investigator, and then they had that light bulb pop up on top of their head like I did and had that aha moment, if you really want something, you're going to do anything you can to get there. You're going to go online and look up forensics or forensic accountant and you're going to spend hours in front of your monitor trying to figure out what those words mean if there's a certification for it or there's a national chapter or there's a local chapter or there's someone with that designation in your campus and then you're going to try to talk to that person and make sure that 
they hear from you and that you hear from them and that they let you know what is <laughs> what is the fraud examiner. And I feel like it's going to take a lot of like work. It's going to take a lot of energy aside from your courses, aside from your friends, your student organizations. But nothing that is easy is ever worth it. And you have to make sure to put all the energy that you want into things that you feel passionate about. So make sure to look anything about this field that you want. And don't don't be afraid to reach out to people. People, most people generally want to help. And so if you reach out, if you talk to them and you tell them, hey, I am a student and I'm just trying to figure this out, give me a hand. People will help you. You just have to have take the initiative and not be afraid to ask a few questions. And uh, after that, it's just a matter of putting more work into it. So if you're interested, if you feel a passion in it, then just work hard and really follow what your what your heart tells you when it comes to your career. So because you're younger and you guys are so much better with like media and social media, but like, do you have a favorite book or a favorite movie you've seen that like, you're kind of like, I'm going to do that because I know there's fraud in it. So is there some sort of like book or movie or TV show you love to watch that reminds you of or propels you forward? (laughs) Uh, Well, the most recent book that I read was actually a book that you gave me. (laughs) And I don't know if you want to tell them about your crush. Oh, yeah. Ariely. So I sent to Sina the honest truth about dishonesty. And how do you like that book? I have read about them before, but not to the extent of actually reading his book. And so reading his book was just amazing. Just behavioral economics in, in general is something that I've been so interested about. So I'm trying to read more books on that as well as reading people's postures to be able to do a good investigation. And so I feel like like that book really helped me understand just because I, I have the tendency of being a little cynical. So that really gave me the a different point of view of understanding why people do things. Like it's not necessarily people who are just there for themselves. It's just that sometimes some things happen and that leads them to take the wrong decisions. Because most people have a tendency to be good. It's just they have a reason as to why they do bad things. And that's where CFEs and other other professionals go to look as to that reason and how to stop it. So I think that was a really just amazing book. I have I have some sticky notes in it with things that I really like. And I write on the sticky notes and I have it as a cherished book of mine. So that's oh. something that I really, I really enjoy. Have you seen the movie, The Dishonesty Project in full? I watched it halfway, but I didn't get to finish it. Okay. It's really good. And then for another embezzlement movie, Bad Education came out on HBO this spring, the uh, U.S.'s largest school embezzlement with Hugh Jackman is really good. Yeah, I heard about it. I heard about it. I just, I don't have HBO. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, it'll come out on Hulu or something soon. But yeah, no, that's a good one. I I love that you like the behavioral economics of it. And I'm actually in a like behavioral economics mastermind sort of group. Because if we can't understand 
why people aren't making rational decisions, it's really hard to get in their mind. And the other thing is, we can really use a lot of the little tweaks and nudges to get someone to admit that they did something and they made a bad choice. Whereas if you go in there and you pound on the table and you're like, I know you did it. If you go in there and you're like, you know, I see that you've been having some financial difficulties. Using other disciplines to help the fraud world investigations is huge because, I mean, it's it's shown in the past. If you just go in with, you know, a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And behavioral economics has you go in with other things. So I'm so glad you like that book. Oh, that makes me so happy. So, so happy. Um, no, yeah. Thank you so much for giving it to me. It has sticky notes with the most important things that I loved and just notes in it. And it's just, it's so precious to me. But Oh my God. Um, <laughs> touching touching on, on, on how you wanted to, how you pointed out about the emotional aspect of people and really connecting with them on how they committed the crime in order to get to get pretty much a confession out of them. I have a little thing in my board that <laughs> I write on sometimes. And I have something that says, it isn't hard to convince someone about anything if you know what they want to hear. And I feel when it comes to investigation, that's something that is very important for CFEs to do, to really connect to someone and in a certain way, just get to their emotions and really not only get to their emotions, but really understand where they're coming from in order to get the information from them and just being able to to plant that seed of concern in order to just get the information that is required required from the investigation. So I think that's something that is very important to, to see. And I hope that in the future I become better at this and I become a professional such as yourself that is very knowledgeable in this topic to one day maybe talk more in depth about this type of things. I think that, I don't know, I see a lot of different career paths for you. I also think that I could see you down the road becoming a professor. Like literally because you you do seek out resources so much and, you, and you're intellectually curious. That could be a career path down the road. I know you're probably like, I'm done with school. I just want to get out in the real world. But I think eventually it would, I, being a professor, I think is like the best job ever. So um, I would like to say I'm a fraud professor, but I'm a fraud professor in life, in real life, not in academia. But if I, if I were your age, I'd be going and doing that. So is there anything else you want to tell the listeners, but I haven't been able to let you tell them? Don't give up. Just don't give up. My father was an indigenous man from a very small town in the middle of the mountains. And he wanted to go to college. And due to lack of resources and his indigenous background, he wasn't allowed to. And he didn't want that for his family. So he decided that the best route was to take his children to a promised land where they will be able to make their dreams come true in an educational aspect. And so half of my blood is entirely indigenous, Mexican indigenous. And no one, and not even himself, would have thought that one of his children, especially a daughter, would be able to come as far as I have. And I, I don't think I've come that far, but I feel that when you're a 
a father, when you're a parent, anything can seem like very far, especially if you weren't able to go that far yourself. And I think part of that is just there are going to be a lot of obstacles and life is going to get hard. And it has been for me for, for a while. I'm 29 years old right now. I wasn't a traditional student because I couldn't afford it. I honestly couldn't afford to go to school, but I didn't give up. I said, I want an education. I want to be the best version of myself that I can. And I'm going to do it for my dad. And I'm sorry if I'm getting a bit emotional, but um, my father is the most important human being in my life. And if I failed at anything I did, I would be failing him directly. And so throughout all the obstacles, I decided I'm going to do it for myself, obviously, and I'm going to do it for him. And I'm not going to give up. And there's been a lot of roadblocks, but I'm not going to do it because I know I can do better. And I know that he would be proud. And so three weeks ago, I received my degree in the mail and I sent him, sent him a picture and he started crying because out of the youngest of his children, the little one was the one that that really killed it. <laughs> so I know I have a long way to go. I don't consider myself knowledgeable enough or I don't think that I've achieved enough to really speak about my own experiences in such a way. And I'm willing, I'm willing to go through more roadblocks and willing to go through more obstacles and go through more challenges to gain the experience and, and be the type of professional that I've seen so many times go through the ACFE and, and then speak about their experiences and speak about their jobs. And that's the type of professional I want to be. And I'm willing to, to put all the work into it. So don't, don't give up. Don't give up no matter how the situation looks like, because at the end of the day, as corny as it might sound, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's not corny. And as a parent, I can't even begin to tell you how proud your dad must be of you. Because I, I mean, honestly, I'm like, just choked up hearing this because I see it. Like, I just I'm, I'm so excited. I'm honored and proud to be a friend and a mentor. And really, I know down the road, you are just gonna rock it because you already have and in the midst of so many obstacles and you're like the shining light for the next generation even. So I, I just want to thank you, Sina, because you've warmed my heart truly. So this has been fantastic. Reach out to Sina, yellow Sina Hernandez on LinkedIn. Are you on Twitter? I actually try to keep my social media aspects okay. uh, very secure. Uh, I'm a very paranoid person. So I try to keep anything that is about my life very private. So the most public <laughs> thing that you will see is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. And, okay. and something that some organization posts about me. 
<laughs> that that's probably a good thing. I have a way too long of a history to scrub mine, but I probably should scrub mine. Um, so I just want to say thank you just from the bottom of my heart for you doing this. And again, this podcast is brand new, but the guests that I have had and the people who want to be on the podcast, like people want to be on the podcast, it goes to show how amazing this community really, really is. We're here to support and uplift each other. So I just want to thank you. No, thank you. Thank you and all the other professionals that have paved the way, not only for women, but for people in general to just really look up to this profession and and say, you know what, I'm going to be the next one. And if it wasn't for people like you who really just, light up a flame inside people and inside students there we wouldn't have a next generation of cfes so thank you so much for all the work that you do and to every single professional that is out there listening we're watching you (laughs) not in a creepy way but students are watching you and, and and students are inspired by you and your stories and your knowledge so thank you so much for doing what you do every day and i hope to maybe someday meet one of you and and hear from your anecdotes and and learn from your knowledge. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Sina, she is just absolutely amazing. She's an up and comer. And when she started the episode saying you can always find the money, how important accounting is in criminal investigations and the softer sort of things she talked about, people get sprinkled into your life. No one ever makes it on your own. She is just, she's, she's beaming and I get to actually see her. We do this on zoom calls. So I get to see her and you should see her light up. Another part that I really, really enjoyed was I had sent her the book, the honest truth about dishonesty by Dan Ariely. And she said, as she read it, it really changed her mindset. We're going to have some specialists on behavioral economics later. I don't think I can get Ariely. I will try, but Be sure and pick up the book if you can. Reach out to Sina, reach out to me, leave a review if you like. And of course, if you want to be on the podcast about your journey or you have suggestions, please reach out. Thank you and have a great day. This has been another episode of Great Women in Fraud with Kelly Paxton. If you have feedback on today's episode or would like to be a guest or have someone you think we should interview, please tweet us at Great Women in Fraud or email kelly at greatwomeninfraud.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more amazing guests, stories, and tips. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, it would be great if you left a rating on iTunes. Or please tell a friend about the show. Your time is valuable, and I appreciate it. Thank you for listening.